Welcome to the Biden Transition Podcast, the podcast that discusses how President Joe Biden and his new administration will tackle some of America's most pressing issues. For our second episode, we have invited Sarah Brown, senior reporter for the Chronicle of Higher Education, to talk about Title IX. What are the challenges that college students face when they report a case of sexual violence? How did the Trump administration create a system that prioritizes due process for students accused of sexual assault? and essentially create a court-like system on college campuses? And what challenges does the Biden administration face in unraveling the Trump administration's policies and reforming the system? Those questions and more coming up next. Welcome to the Biden Transition Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle McLean, with today's guest, Sarah Brown. Sarah is a senior reporter and one of my former colleagues with the Chronicle of Higher Education. She has done some incredible and groundbreaking reporting over the past few years on Title IX. Thanks so much for joining us, Sarah. So nice to be here, Danielle. So broadly, Title IX is the federal law passed in the 1970s that requires colleges to respond to gender-based violence and harassment and respond to the needs of survivors. The law tries to ensure that all students have equal access to education. But as your reporting has shown, it can be a very difficult and traumatizing experience for college students to report sexual violence. Let's go back to 2016 before Trump became president. What was the experience like for a victim of sexual violence who reported their case to their college? Combating campus sexual assault was a big priority for the Obama administration, you know, starting back in 2011. So there were really like five years where they were pretty laser focused on this. Um, President-elect Biden was actually the one who really spearheaded these efforts. He and Obama traveled to college campuses across the country. They gave these speeches about how, you know, no means no, and colleges need to take sexual assault more seriously and support survivors or else, is essentially what they were saying. They didn't change the law or anything. They just made it clear that the education department would be strictly enforcing Title IX and emphasize that if colleges didn't get it together, they'd lose federal funding, which is a huge penalty. One of their main concerns at the time was that colleges were often dismissing victims and not seriously investigating their complaints. So their emphasis was very much on protecting victims. So if you think about the time period between 2011 and up till, up till 2016, I think it's fair to say that many victims were taken more seriously and that, you know, frankly, some accused students were punished more harshly than they probably would have been before the Obama administration. Like, I think more accused students were suspended, expelled, dealt those kinds of harsher punishments. I mean, in the past, the disciplinary process had been really stacked against victims. And from 2011 to 2016, the approach that Biden and the education department were advocating was definitely more favorable to victims. And colleges complied with these directives because they were really afraid of being investigated by the education department if they messed things up. I mean, you know, federal investigations for colleges are a PR and logistical nightmare. So they were incentivized to actually support victims and take them more seriously. But I think it's fair to say that the the process was definitely more favorable to the victims who were coming forward about these awful experiences. So the Department of Education, under its now former secretary, Betsy DeVos, made significant changes to the enforcement of Title IX. What exactly were those changes and why did the department make those changes? DeVos said right at the start of her tenure that she was going to revamp the department's approach to Title IX. 
She thought the approach was very unfair. She also would talk a lot about how she didn't like the way that the Obama administration went about the Title IX enforcement stuff because she said it was sort of like rule by quote unquote administrative fiat because the education department under Obama just kind of, they put out this policy guidance saying, hey, colleges, you need to take this seriously you must investigate and you know punish students who commit sexual violence. But they didn't get any public comment or get any feedback on their approach. They just kind of issued this guidance and said, this is what's happening. And so DeVos was much more in the camp of, you know, I want to get public input and I'm going to go through the years-long regulatory process to actually put in place these changes to Title IX. One thing that she would do, I mean, she would say things like, you know, the way that Title IX cases are handled now isn't fair for anyone. So she would sort of both sides the situation saying like, one sexual assault is too many, one false accusation is too many. So she made comments about the need to support victims. But it really seemed to a lot of people that she was more concerned with protecting students, mostly men, who she believed were being targeted frequently by false accusations. It's actually not that common to have false accusations of sexual assault, but it was something that she was really concerned about. She was sort of elevating these stories of mostly men who believed that they had gotten screwed through the Title IX process and been kicked out of school and had their lives ruined. There were a bunch of changes that these Title IX rules, which actually just were finalized this past year, a lot of changes that these rules put in place. So the big one is that every university now has to hold hearings with cross-examination when they are adjudicating Title IX cases. So like a court. Yeah. So it's kind of like a campus court. I mean, colleges don't call it that, but that's essentially what it looks like. So in the sort of process of trying to figure out what really happened and what the truth is, colleges have to now facilitate a process where through an advisor for both sides, both the parties in a case get a chance to basically question each other's version of events. So that's really intense. That's a new, definitely a new requirement. DeVos, through the rules, also raised the bar for what qualifies as sexual harassment under Title IX. So it's now, if you are coming forward about something that happened to you, you have to meet a higher bar for it to qualify as a Title IX issue. Another thing, you don't have to investigate cases that occur off campus and outside of these quote unquote educational programs. So really, we went from a world where under the Obama administration, colleges were told to take every single report of sexual misconduct seriously, no matter the circumstances. And DeVos was much more in the camp of, I really care about due process protections, and we need to make sure students aren't being unfairly branded for life, for something they didn't do, or for a mistake maybe that they made at a college party while they were drunk. That was something that she was really concerned about. That's kind of where we are now, um, that you know, colleges have had to put in place these changes they were required to comply as of last August. And the, the changes are definitely kind of swinging the pendulum, so to speak, back in the direction of accused students when the Obama administration and under Biden's leadership had really swung the pendulum in favor of victims. Going forward with a sexual violence is an extremely traumatizing and difficult process to start with. And now this seems like a situation where they have to face their accuser, go under intense scrutiny, possibly put themselves out there with very little protections and really have their life kind of torn apart just to try to seek 
any kind of justice against their violator. What has been the impact of these changes? Are there fears that victims may not be able to speak out because of it? Does it protect students who are accused of sexual assault? And were there any changes that sexual assault advocates and campus leaders considered actually good? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that victim advocates and colleges are most concerned about is that students won't come forward as often now, because if they want to pursue a formal investigation, they will be required to go through this hearing with cross-examination, and many consider that to be re-traumatizing for victims. It's kind of not 100% clear yet whether that concern has become true because the pandemic has kind of made this past year a little bit weird and unusual. A lot of students are not actually studying on campus. And so I think we'll have to kind of watch the data over the next year or two, assuming these rules stay in place and see, you know, are colleges getting fewer reports? And can we sort of draw a connection between the Title IX rules and fewer students coming forward. That's obviously a big concern, right? I mean, sexual misconduct is already an underreported crime and colleges have really devoted a lot of time and attention over the past few years to try to get students to come forward. And in a lot of cases, it has worked. So that's actually, you know, that that is progress. That's something that higher ed has been at least more successful at, even though things are certainly not perfect. You know, I think that in terms of whether there were any changes that sexual assault advocates especially thought were good, I think there were maybe a couple. I think one example is during the Obama administration, the education department really discouraged sexual assault cases from going through a sort of informal process where things were not fully investigated, but the case was just sort of resolved in a more informal way. Like the two students involved might be in a room with a facilitator or they might come to some sort of an agreement where the accused student had to write an apology letter and go through some kind of workshop and that that was kind of it. So the Obama administration really discouraged that, right? Because their whole mantra was, you know, you need to take this seriously, colleges. You can't just direct students into this informal process. You need to be expelling students who commit serious violations of campus policy, right? So the rules do allow a little bit more flexibility around those informal options, which some, some, emphasis on some, victims say they want. They want sort of an option that does not involve them going through a potentially traumatizing hearing, but that, you know, they can pursue some form of justice against the person that they say has harmed them. So that's like one example. I mean, certainly the due process advocates uh, of the world, people, a lot of like defense attorneys kind of fall into this camp. There are quite a few law professors actually from Harvard and Penn and other prominent institutions that are very supportive of the due process protections. They think that it was far too easy during the Obama administration to find students responsible for sexual misconduct and that it was, again, potentially, you know, ruining their life, even though the, you know, the evidence was kind of unclear. A really difficult thing about these cases is that they often, because they take place in the context of college, is that they often involve alcohol and drugs and hazy memories. And it's not always 100% clear what happened, right? And there's a lot of cases where, you know, one or both of the students involved in a case say, I don't remember because I was drunk. That makes things a little bit complicated. But for the most part, victim advocates want these Title IX rules thrown out immediately. 
the due process advocates really want them to stay in place. And college leaders are generally not supportive of the new rules with some exceptions. I think they do appreciate some flexibility around the thing I just described, for example, the, um, you know, having an informal kind of mediation route that uh, students can use to resolve their cases if they so choose. So the people that usually handle these cases for the colleges, these are these Title IX officers. In one of your stories, you talked to a Title IX officer who handled sexual violence cases at the University of Cincinnati. Uh, that person was forced to resign after trying to intervene in a case. What happened in that particular case? And what does it say about the challenges that Title IX officers face when trying to intervene in these cases? The campus Title IX office was one of the things that was created after Biden and the education department at the time placed all this emphasis on campus sexual assault. These offices didn't used to exist. So Title IX officers sit in a really tricky spot. I mean, they are the ones who are responsible for investigating sexual misconduct cases as this sort of neutral objective party. But then they also work for the university, which obviously has an incentive to keep some things quiet and to not attract attention for sexual misconduct and not to punish people in some cases. You know, on top of that, students have been told when you want to report a sexual assault, you go to the Title IX office. Like that's been pretty clearly established at this point. So I think kind of understandably, a lot of student victims are expecting support when they get to the Title IX office, but that's not actually what Title IX officers do. I mean, they can give you some resources and they can give you information about how to do things and how to report to police and they can support you in whatever decision you make, but they aren't like a support person. So in this particular case that I was reporting about, controversy had erupted at the University of Cincinnati because a student who was given a university award also happened to be a registered sex offender. So this caused a bunch of students to speak out. They were outraged. They said, you know, this university doesn't protect survivors, they protect rapists, I would never report my sexual assault to the university, all things that were very concerning to Andrea Goldblum, who was at the time the Title IX coordinator. I mean, her job is to encourage students to come forward about sexual misconduct. And she was seeing a lot of students saying like, I would never come forward. And she was really worried about it. She wanted to put out a public statement describing resources available for victims is essentially like just a statement like acknowledging, hey, I know that this controversy has upset a lot of people. If you want to report something, please do come to my office. Here are some other resources for you. It was really short. Um, But so she drafts it and then her boss, she said, would not let her publish it because there was concern that it could appear biased in favor of victims. And, you know, Title IX officers are supposed to be neutral universities are really afraid of getting sued in these cases. But, you know, Andrea felt like it was her job to combat sex discrimination. And even if she couldn't really support the victims per se, she did feel like it was her job to put out information like, hey, there are resources available to you. So she basically tried to go around her boss and publish this public statement anyway in the campus newspaper. And as a result, she was forced to resign. So I think what that shows is These Title IX rules are really tough and you're trying to do your job in an environment with a lot of competing pressures and a lot of people, and this was kind of the point of the story, is that these jobs are so hard that they are pushing people out very quickly. And so a lot of people, there's a lot of turnover and a lot of people are leaving the field, which is concerning because if the administrators in charge of handling these cases don't have a lot of experience 
that's not good for, you know, anyone involved. And for students, I mean, they get in trouble for just putting out basic information. How do the students find out about what their resources are and what their rights are? Right. I mean, and and here it was just, it was really tough because Andrea was an very experienced Title IX coordinator, but she felt like I have this obligation under Title IX, which, you know, is supposed to prohibit sex discrimination. And she said, I feel like I am obligated under the law to tell students here is where you can get help. And the concern from her boss was, well, you can't do that because it will look like you are supporting their side or taking their side. And we can't have that because you're supposed to be this neutral party. Really tricky, really complicated. But, um, you know, I think in a lot of cases, it's led to a situation where the, the Title IX process can feel like it's not working as well as it could be. It's not working for students who are coming forward and they often don't feel supported and they're having to go through this long drawn out process. And then, you know, in some cases it can harm people on the other side too. I mean, it it can. So an example like this shows, is the Title IX process working well? Is it helping? Is it making campuses safer? And I think a lot of people feel that it's not at the moment. So Biden has picked Miguel Cardona, who ran Connecticut's public schools, to be education secretary. What comes next? Does the Biden administration just throw out the DeVos Title IX regulations? How else can they improve the process? Good question. So obviously, Biden is very interested in the Title IX regulations more than probably any other incoming president would be because he was the one who orchestrated the charge from the past administration to really take on campus sexual assault. He has said, we're not going to keep these Title IX rules. The question is sort of how would he go about doing that? If you wanted to undo regulations, it takes a long time. Just like there's a long process for putting regulations in place, there's a really long process for getting rid of them. So that would probably take a while and lead to a kind of weird purgatory period for colleges where they were still technically supposed to comply with these rules, even though Biden was not supportive of them. And it's kind of like, well, what do you do? But the regulations, you know, still have the force of law, right? Like you can be sued under the Title IX rules. So anyway, that's that process would take a while, right? So the other option is that it's possible that Congress will try to pass legislation that could override the Title IX regulations. I certainly think there would be appetite to do that. I think Senator Patty Murray has been very interested in taking on the issue of Title IX. They've held a lot of hearings about campus sexual misconduct over the last few years. The question is, can they come to an agreement on something that could actually pass into legislation? I think that's going to be hard. The Title IX conversation, like a lot of political discussions these days, has become very polarized. And I think it makes it hard to have a productive conversation about here's what really needs to be done. So I think legislation would probably have an uphill battle, but it's possible with a Democratic Congress that that would actually get done. Then there's the question of, okay, would anything in the Title IX rules actually be kept? Like, are there things that are good about them? And you know, I mentioned before that one of them was more flexibility around a and having an informal process for students who come forward and if they don't want to go through that hearing and cross-examination. So that's one example of something that some people think is a good idea generally. 
Another example of this has to do with mandatory reporting. So essentially at most colleges across the country, virtually every employee on a college campus, every faculty member, staff member is a mandatory reporter. And what that means is the second they hear about sexual assault of any kind, like a student comes into their office and tells them something, or they a student writes about something that happened in an assignment, I mean, they have to tell the Title IX office right away. That is designed with good intentions. It's so that colleges can't just like sweep something under the rug and not do anything about something that happened. It was really serious. But I think that the approach has garnered some criticism from especially faculty members and in some cases like coaches who they have had to betray the confidence of students that they're really close with. So a student confides in them in a really difficult moment and then the student says, you know, I don't want you to tell anyone. And the professor has to inform them, well, I do have to tell someone. I have to tell the Title IX office. And I think that's something that a lot of students are uncomfortable with. That's a little tricky, right? Because you certainly don't want higher ed to go back to a world in which cases were frequently being just kind of swept away and not no action was taken. But could there be more flexibility if a student really didn't want their professor or their coach to report their experience and touch off a whole process? It's possible that there could be more appetite for flexibility there. So the, the new regulations do offer that. And I think it's possible that will be preserved in any new approach that comes under the Biden administration. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens. So it sounds like this is a challenging issue with little consensus on how to deal with it. And any resolution or reform may take a while. I think that's fair to say. And, you know, in the meantime, we are going to be living under these new Title IX rules, which, by the way, colleges had to implement in the middle of the pandemic and trying to safely reopen their campuses. And so it's going to be really interesting to see, because as I said before, we don't even quite know exactly what the impact of these new rules has been because colleges have been in such a different universe for the past academic year. But I think, you know, it's possible, assuming that vaccines work and that colleges are reopened in the fall and the regulations are still in place, then we could potentially learn a lot more about the impact. And it's safe to say a lot of students and a lot of colleges are really concerned. Uh, but I think a lot of, especially people I talk to on who work on campuses, they see an opportunity under the Biden administration to change things and to potentially make the system for handling sexual assault on campus work better for everyone. And we'll see if that actually transpires, but that's certainly a somewhat optimistic note to, uh, to end this conversation on. Yeah, on that note, thank you so much for joining us, Sarah. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Danielle. And thanks so much to all of you for listening. I'm Danielle McLean. You can listen to the Biden Transition Podcast on bidentransitionpodcast.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Stay tuned for more episodes in the coming weeks for more expert insight into how Team Biden will tackle America's most pressing issues.